Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the Scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. The Sabbath is a rest or a satisfaction for God and man. But God could never rest in the heavens nor just with the angels. His resting place is the earth and with man. We will see three stages of the remaining Sabbath rest on today's Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry. Francis Ball has returned to the studio again today as we take another look at the book of Hebrews and the remaining Sabbath rest. Welcome to the program once again, Francis. Thank you very much. I really enjoy this Life Study of Hebrews. It has been marvelous. Francis, we have had a marvelous beginning in our last two programs to the real meaning of the Sabbath rest to God. Would you review a little for us why the initial Sabbath came directly after God created man? What is the connection between man and the Sabbath? Well, this is a very interesting uh, question and a very interesting revelation. In all of God's creation, man is unique. Man has to do with the earth. All the items of creation up to the creation of man were brought into being by means of his word. That is, calling things not being as being through the word. In the first five days of his creation work, God did not use any kind of material substance. But with the creation of man, because God's interest is in the earth, God first had a conference among himself, among the Godhead, where there was a decision, let us make man. Then God, at this time, used a certain material, the dust of the ground, to create man. If man had not been created on the sixth day, God would have been unable to rest on the seventh day. It was not that God was tired after six days, of creation, even not because uh, his work was completed. What caused God to rest was the creation of man. If you read Genesis 1 and 2, you will see that God rested on the seventh day because he attained what he desired. God's heart was satisfied by having a man on the earth to express and to represent him. When God has this, he rests. He rested after he obtained this goal. Francis, thank you. Let's join Witness Lee with today's life study from Hebrews. This matter of God's Sabbath is a gradual matter. Firstly, in Genesis 2, there was God's Sabbath. Right after God gained a man, made with 
the earth in his image. Right after God secured a man in God's image, God had a rest there. That was the first Sabbath. Then no need to say too much. We just skip over Noah and skip over Abraham. We come to the descendants of Abraham, the children of Israel. When God secured the children of Israel, there was a temple built for God. And God's glory filled that temple. That signifies that on the earth there was a dwelling place, a place that God can dwell in and express himself and exercise his dominion. This could be and should be considered as the second Sabbath on the earth. The second Sabbath God had on the earth with man. Then we go on. In the Old Testament, we have two excellent stories concerning God's Sabbaths. The first one in Genesis 2, and the second one in 1 Kings 8. Two Sabbaths. Then we go on to the New Testament. Jesus came. Hallelujah. He should be God's Sabbath. But I would even skip over a little bit. From Jesus to the church. Jesus was the seed. And the church was the harvest. Jesus was the head and the church was the body. When we come to Acts chapter 2 and the day of Pentecost, my, the glory filled the temple again. The glory filled the temple again. By that time, again, God secured a habitation with men on this earth. Don't you feel this is the third Sabbath God gained on the earth with men? Do you think this is too much to say this? My, we sure have to see this is the third Sabbath. I don't mean beside these three Sabbaths, God didn't have some other. God had something. God had something with Noah. God had something with Abraham. And surely God had something with the Lord Jesus himself. But I just keep over these points to pick up the three main Sabbaths. The first one at the creation of man with the earth in God's image. And the second one at the temple built it with the earth 
materialist and I'm mad. Then the third one at the church built with all the human beings in God's image as the new man. And there or here God had the third seventh. Adam was a type. The building of the temple was a type. But the building up of the church is no more a type. It's a fulfillment. Francis, three Sabbaths have been revealed so far, and there are more to come, but at least we see a Sabbath following the creation of man, then another related to the building of the temple, and the third related to the church. What's the common denominator among these three stages of God's Sabbath rest? Well, I would say the common denominator is that God has a dwelling place, a place where he can be expressed and represented, where he can rest. In his creation, there was the first stage of God's rest. The first stage was because he created man, and this is what he was after. Then you go on until we see the building of the temple in First Kings. When this temple was built, God's glory filled it. This temple afforded God a place to dwell among his people. This is God's goal, to have a resting place. And that temple was a type of God's resting place. But we have to go on to the New Testament, where we see the third stage, the church. The first stage, man in creation, was just a small picture. The temple in First uh, Kings was an enlarged type. Both of these stages were types. But the real resting place for God is the church in the New Testament. Of course, Jesus was the place where God could dwell, where he could rest, but he was just a seed. So you really have to say God did have certain ones along the way which afforded him something. But God needed a larger dwelling place, an enlarged dwelling place. So first you have man, then you have the temple, and now you have the church. This enlarged dwelling place is the church, the body of Christ. And when Christ got the church in Acts chapter 2, God's glory again filled the temple. When Christ got the church, this was a real attainment for God to have a resting place. So I say again, with these three stages of God's Sabbath rest, the common denominator is God's dwelling place. Francis, we see the church here has become a stage in the Sabbath rest of God. We're going to look at it even more closely in this coming section. Let's join Witness Lee. In the past, before Jesus came, before his death and resurrection, God never sowed himself into mankind. No, never. There were some times, the time of Adam, the time of the whole people of Israel, those were times God never sowed himself as the seed into those soils. God never sowed himself into Adam as the soil. God never sowed himself 
as the seed into the soil of the people of Israel. They were types. But only the church is the real soil into which God has sown himself. But God didn't do it all. God didn't. He sowed. He has sown himself as the seed in the church. But God didn't do it all. Why? Hard to say. But what I can tell you according to the revelation of the Bible is this. For him to do it all, that's okay. But for you and me, for the church to do it all, it's not okay. Why? Look at the natural law. When you sow the seed, you can never get everything for harvest next morning. Even the mushroom doesn't go so fast. You cannot sow the seed today and tomorrow you get the harvest. And the best harvest always takes the longest time. Whatever is the best, it takes the longest time. And look at the natural law. All the lives take time to grow. The highest life takes the longest time to grow. Yeah, to get a little dog to grow up, that may be just a few months. But to get a boy to grow up, it needs 18 years. And be patient. Parents, don't expect your child will grow so fast as a little dog. In the church life, every pastor, every minister, Every preacher, all are dreaming. We all are dreaming. We like to make all the Christians like little dogs. No, you can't have that. It needs time to grow. It needs time to get mature. Yes, the church life is a Sabbath to God. But, it is not a Sabbath with maturity. Francis, of the three Sabbath rests that we've been looking at today, only in the third, the church, did God sow himself as a seed for growth and maturity. But as a Sabbath rest at our current stage, it's still incomplete. What does this refer to, Francis, that our Sabbath rest still lacks maturity? Chris, it's quite marvelous how this matter of the Sabbath rest is developed. The first, at the creation of man, there was just a little small picture. Then, in the building of the temple, the picture was enlarged. This is like two photos. One was small in creation, and the other was enlarged. But there was the need for the real thing, which is the building of the church. The church became God's Sabbath, not in the way of a photo or a figure, but in the way of reality. Even in the two types, God did things in a, what you might say, a gradual way. He didn't create everything at once in one day. Uh, neither was the temple built in just a short time or one day. So, in the reality, the church is built up in a gradual way. First, 
the Lord Jesus came, and through death and resurrection, he became the Spirit and sowed himself. That is, he planted, he planted himself, he sowed himself into human beings who were created in God's image, and the church was produced. God didn't sow himself into Adam, nor into the children of Israel, but he did sow himself as a seed into the church. And for the church to be the dwelling place of God for his Sabbath rest, there is the need for further development. There is the need for growth, for the maturity in life. This is the reason the New Testament tells us about regeneration, which is the beginning of our salvation. Then you have the growth. We're told to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we're told to grow in the fullness of the knowledge. And then we also have the matter of transformation, something metabolic happening in our inner being. And there's the matter of renewing, and then confirmation to be conformed to the image of God's Son. All these things indicate that there's a need for growth. So gradually we grow, and in that growing, God does have a dwelling place. So though the church is God's dwelling place on earth today even, and is here to express and represent God, it is not yet complete. We do have the Sabbath rest, but it's not yet perfected. Francis, there's another stage of the Sabbath rest, and it very much connects with this matter of growth, maturity, and perfection that you've mentioned. We're going to see it in this last session. Let's return to Witness Lee. Now we are in the growing Sabbath. But listen. How we are growing is a problem. Would we grow properly? Would we grow adequately? Would we grow in a way to cooperate with the Lord's grace all the time? I wish that all you young people would listen to this. How you grow in these growing Sabbath will determine how you will share in the next Sabbath. The next Sabbath will be a prize to you for your proper growing in this present Sabbath. The next Sabbath, the Sabbath of maturity, will be actually and practically a prize, a reward to you for your proper growing in these present Sabbaths. In other words, if you don't grow well, you'll miss the second Sabbath. If you don't grow well, you will miss the second Sabbath. You are now in the first Sabbath, but probably you will not be there in the second sense. Whether you will be there or not, it all together depends how you are growing here. God is wise. This is God's wisdom. God uses the second Sabbath as a reward to encourage us to enjoy the first Sabbath well. Enjoy it adequately. Don't miss anything here. 
If you miss anything here, I tell you, you will miss something there. How we are growing now. How we are running the race. This determines our future. Will you be there? Will you be there? Some run teaching. Detailed Christians. As long as you got saved, you will be in the thousand years. I was taught this way for years. But by further study of the Bible, I found out this was not true. No. Salvation is by faith. But the thousand years reign, the thousand years kingship, is not a matter of salvation. Is the church life a Sabbath? Pray the Lord. How can Sabbath this? This is the growing Sabbath, which leads us into the maturity Sabbath. Whether we will be there or not to partake of that Sabbath, it depends upon how we are growing. Our father is wise. Surely he's the father of love. But surely he knows how to encourage his children to go up. Suppose some of you will not pass through the final. You will suffer, not only suffer a loss, the father will put you into a little dark room for one day. Seven o'clock in the morning till seven o'clock in the evening. In those twelve hours, all your brothers and sisters who will part the fennel will enjoy the full day rest. But you will be there in some little closet. Is this a good father? Is this a wise father? Is this a just father? Is this a father of love? Surely, he's a father of love. This encourages all the children to do their best. Francis, we've come now to this third level or stage of the Sabbath rest, and it refers to the 1,000-year millennial reign of Christ with his overcoming believers. We heard it said today that whether or not we have a portion in that Sabbath altogether depends on the growth that we're gaining today in this age. We've touched this point in other programs, and it's not an easy or common thought for most believers. But develop it again for us today and address the concern that some hold to that this interpretation somehow negates God's saving by grace. Well, there's quite a bit to cover in a question like that, Chris, but I would just... uh say, to look at the situation today among Christians. Thousands, even millions, have gotten saved by the grace of God. They've received the forgiveness of sins and the washing of the precious blood of Christ. But do you believe that all of these saved ones are practicing the kind of church life that affords a resting place for God? Surely, according to the word of the Bible, 
there is the need for the growth and for the building, which means the oneness of the believers. We mustn't just dream about the oneness that God desires. There must be some growing believers who can enter into the rest that is spoken of in Hebrews chapter 4, the chapter we're on today. This chapter tells us that there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. This book was written to encourage all the saved ones to enter into the church life in this age, which is to experience Christ as our Sabbath rest today. If we do this, we will mature to enjoy the Sabbath rest in the coming millennial kingdom, which is the Sabbath rest of maturity. This is the prize that Paul spoke of when in 1 Corinthians 9 he said, So run that you may obtain. Obtain what? Obtain salvation? Salvation by grace? No, but obtain the prize. That prize is the Sabbath rest of maturity in the kingdom. Paul even was concerned that he himself might not obtain that prize. So I have a deep burden Dear brothers in Christ, let us run, so run, and so fight, that we may obtain this reward, a rest in maturity. Francis, we have touched a topic that has been debated for centuries in Christian theology. I'd like to encourage uh, our listeners today, please tune in again tomorrow. We're going to pick up this matter, even explore the age-old dispute between the Armenian theology, the Calvinist theology, and maybe another and fresher look that will tie many loose ends that dangle from both of these two theologies. That should be a big help, Chris, because there is this kind of thing in the air among Christians, and we need a clear understanding that we need to mature to be participants in that millennial kingdom. With these two schools, there just seems to be uh, one set of verses that one school can't quite take and another set of verses that the other school can't quite take. But surely in God's pure revelation, every verse counts. I think we'll see this in the coming programs. We surely invite our listeners back for tomorrow's program. And Francis, we invite you back very soon. Please join us again. Thank you. I hope to. We'll return tomorrow with another life study message dealing with the remaining Sabbath rest with Witness Lee. I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you for listening today. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee spent seven decades in the 20th century speaking Christ, first in Asia, and then North America, eventually all over the world. The culmination of those 70 years of ministry was his Life Study of the Bible, an exhaustive exposition of the entire scriptures. This unique commentary focuses on how Christ can be life to man, in an experiential and practical way. These programs encapsulate Witness Lee's speaking, but to get the complete riches, visit lifestudy.com. From there you can read all of the Life Study messages in their entirety, or download any of our more than 1,700 audio programs at no cost. Again, that website is lifestudy.com.
dot com. Thanks for listening.